You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 114 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you on this Monday evening. Uh, guys, how we doing? Hard to believe that uh, we are almost into February. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. It felt like New Year's was yesterday, but uh, doing all right. I'm uh, just glad things are going to be opening again. It started today, and that's mostly for the industry that I work in. You know, restaurants are opening back up, so that's that's always a good sign for us. And yeah, it's like we I got to go golfing on Saturday. I didn't know simulators were open most of this time, but we uh, we hit the links. We went to Abu Dhabi on Saturday, and that was a lot of fun. So. How you doing, Chad? Nice. You're in Abu Dhabi on Saturday, and then you're back in Collingwood on, on Monday. So what a yeah. quick trip. That was great. Yep. Uh, I'm doing well. I had a good weekend, hung out with some friends and whatnot, uh, celebrated my buddy Ryan's birthday. So shout out to him. Happy birthday, Ryan. Uh, looking forward to the ski trip that we have coming up in a couple weeks here. And uh, also, as I, as I kind of get into this here and do this intro, I wanted to mention that, um, and I think I'm safe to say this right now we are currently streaming this live we're doing a bit of a test run here on twitch um but you won't be hearing this because nobody knows we're live right now only uh one of our friends does and he's making sure everything is going smoothly so as long as things go smoothly and and we figure it out we're not exactly tech guys but you know as long as my computer can handle everything we're going to start streaming live uh for these episodes so hopefully you're able to tune in at 5 30 on mondays uh there'll be an announcement if we're going to go ahead with it um so yeah i'm letting you guys know that and i'm pretty excited for it because i think we're gonna you know could be fun have people in in the comments and and whatever more interaction i think it could be a good thing so i'm feeling good looking forward to that looking forward to uh the trip we've got coming up generally just in a good mood harper how about you man what's up yeah guys i'm doing good um really excited about our trip in a couple of weeks uh definitely in need of a little getaway and uh just really glad that things are opening back up here uh not only was the weekend really good just with uh kind of relaxation and and watching some hockey but honestly uh the entire week was was really good uh we had a great uh, episode with andrew jarvis that uh if you haven't gone and listened to that yet uh please do so that was a really fun episode a really great interview and then uh bell let's talk day was last week and was able to do an interview with uh, a really really great guest that you're going to hear from uh, later on to wrap up this episode. So, yeah, doing good, guys. Yeah, and I want to say, too, that episode blew up. So thank you to everyone who listened. Like, that was one of our best episodes. And then the previous week as well was uh, Remy Monaco. And that was a great episode as well. We've had great success over the last couple of weeks. So we're just looking to kind of ride that train. Awesome. All right, let's get into episode 114 here, fellas. And uh, this is just going to be a quickie. As we uh, as we mentioned, we've got a special guest uh, from Bell Let's Talk Day that is going to be uh, coming up a little later on. But before that, we'll do a little fantasy corner to kick things off. And then I've got three questions for cap or no cap for you guys as well. So, uh, Casey, let's get into fantasy corner and uh, give us a little update on where 
where you're at in the Boys oh. in the Booth uh, Fantasy <clears throat> Hockey League. I'm absolutely crumbling in this pool lately. <laughs> I think the last four weeks I've been pre- projected to win and then I've lost. Um, last week, it was just one of those cases where all my players played on the same days. So there was three nights where I had three guys in the lineup and there was three nights where I had uh, four guys on the bench playing games. So basically all my players were playing on the same night, like every other night. So I just lost due to games played. Like Emerson, I think, had like 10 more games played than me or, or something like that. And he he took it no problem. So I did make four moves to try to do something, but it just did not work out for me. Another tough week, but looking to rebound with an absolute blood feud hate spree against Chad here. So um, basically, uh, I don't want to compare myself to like, I don't know, Robin Hood or someone like that, but everyone's looking for me to take down Chad and, and try to end his tyranny in this league as the, the dictator at the top of his uh, regime here, the the chancellor of the, the fantasy um, group here. So uh, it looks like it's going to be tight right now. Uh, the projections, they're, they're bouncing around a little bit. I looked earlier today and I was in the lead, but the projections right now are 256 for me and 261 for Chad. So uh, I'm pretty excited. And it all starts tonight with the Devils versus Toronto and uh, got some players in that game. So Yeah, same here. I've got uh, Jesper Bratt case for back-to-back nights. So he's going to score probably against the Leafs in these two games here. And it's going to be good news for me, even though he's scoring against the Maple Leafs. So I'm looking forward to that. Couldn't have been a better week for us to be playing each other because of these two games, uh, Toronto and New Jersey, to kick it off. Like, it's going to be fun to watch that later on. And uh, I want to go back to last week before I get into this heavyweight bout that it's going to be in between us this week. But last week, I played uh, the Mail Order Brides, and that's Corey Morrell. And he is in dead last in the league, and it's not even close. And his record's terrible. His points for are terrible. But my God, boys, when I tell you he gave me a run for my money, he did. And it he made it so close. And he was kind of roasting me a bit in the chat today. And he said that if he had Michael Bunting in the lineup for his Ugh. literal hat trick game, it would have made a difference. And it would have. He got, I think, 14 points that night. Um, I beat him, you know, by roughly 15. So it would have been even closer than it was. But... I, at the end of the day, I got the W. Another week, another W for the multiple score orgasms, but another week and another W for the meatheads as well, which again, like Luke just keeps going with these wins. He can't lose. He's currently sitting in first place. He's the only team above me in the standings right now at number one, but my total points are there and eventually I'm going to catch Luke. His luck with the, you know, riding Detroit's entire roster is going to, uh, it's going to give out. So I'm, I'm just hoping for that to happen soon. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here. Yep. And I'm perhaps going to try to maybe sewer the first place Luke Sheridan and uh, try to tell everyone in the league what's going on and what he's been doing. At least what I've noticed a few times is that this man does not update his roster right away he lets you get this little false security when you see your projections are higher and then you know you look at seven or 655 on a monday and you go oh crap 
he fixed his lineups and now he's projected to win. So, you know, it's a, it's a, all this, all this play in the playbook when it, in terms of fantasy, but I've noticed he's been doing that. And, uh, LVB and I have been calling that out once we saw it. So here I am live on Twitch calling out <laughs> Luke Sheridan, the only guy listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luke, he's, uh, he's sneaky with it, man. Like he's, yeah. he's, he does that. He told me that he does that before, like, like because I'd noticed a, a few weeks ago, and and I didn't say anything, but I was looking at his projections against whoever it was, and I was like, "Oh man, like it looks like uh, you know you haven't set your lineup or whatever." And he's like, "Oh no, I have, but only for the day." Yeah. So so that's yeah. that's sneaky. So he sent in the group chat today a picture of his projections versus uh, whoever he's playing this week. I think it's it's Harper, Harper, isn't it? It's Harper. Yeah. He, he yeah. sends it against Harper. It's 119. His projections are 119. If he only gets 119 points in two weeks, then why is he in first place? And that's because he hasn't updated his lines. So calling him out right here. Yeah, he's sneaky <laughs> with it. And and Luke is our guy who's monitoring the Twitch. And again, hopefully things go well. I don't think things are going well right now by the sounds of it. He's, he's texting me. I think there's some lag, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get through the issues and hopefully we can start doing this on a weekly basis. But yeah, back to fantasy case talking about our week now and hard by promise. We'll get to you as well, but this is going to be an absolute juggernaut match because also don't forget this week is extended to two weeks. So we might see some of the highest point totals um in you know in in the history of our league so far because what will happen is the all-star break is happening obviously like this is you know this is coming up and it's extended there's a break but then a bunch of games are being jammed in next week when the nhl was supposed to go to the olympics so there's a ton of games i think i have like 50 like five or something which is at least 10 more than i would say an average week and so it's going to be fun case and and it's going to come down to the wire i will say though if we're looking at projections or i was today um i i believe most people have set their lines except for maybe luke he's the exception but it's not even going to be close for points for number one and two this week case it's going to be us like it it has to be right (laughs) as we were sitting here my games just went up to 60 so uh, i think it's guaranteed (laughs) <laughs> and that's the most frustrating thing about my season is that I'm third in points four, fourth in points four, but I'm eighth in the league. So it's just I just take these awkward little beatings. It's tough. Yeah, the standings are tight right now, by the way. Like I'm looking at the standings and between like fourth and 10th right now like that's one or two weeks difference that could swing everything and only top eight make the playoffs remember so it's going to be a a super tight race to the finish here for for a playoff spot well uh for me guys i was uh i was looking to to get a win last week of course as as you know trying to do every week and trying to uh try and uh you know string some wins together and uh lost to uh lost to your brother-in-law cameron chad the arizona blackhawks by just seven points uh to fall to uh four and eleven on the season so um just a a, a really really tough uh, uh, result to see and uh, you know had some had some really great performances by certain guys Patty Kane had 22 and a half points for me last week uh, this week though as as you guys mentioned there uh, playing against the meatheads uh, Luke Sheridan who's uh, 13 and two and uh, I'm actually projected to win 
by two points. Uh, I think it's at like 151 to 149 right now. Uh, so, hey, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And uh, again, after such a close uh, matchup last week and just coming up short, uh, determined to uh, to give uh, Mr. Luke Sheridan a good run this week. So, uh, Luke, I know you're watching. Were you just not listening to me the whole time? The fact that he doesn't set his lineup and that's why his projections are like that. I, I was listening to you. He's going to set his lineup and he's going to have like 40 more projected points than you. I almost guarantee it. I know. I know. He probably will, man. He probably he's sneaky. Like that's his definition. It's sneaky. And that's why he's in first place, because he gives you a false sense of security and then you're like, okay, you know, I'm projected to win by 20 points. And, you know, it doesn't matter what happens because, you know, if you're looking at it, you're like, I don't need to make extra moves. I don't need to drop a guy or whatever. And then all of a sudden he beats you and that's what he does. So keep an eye on it, Harp, like bury him, please. Because Harper, if you win this week, if you beat him and I beat Casey, I'm in first place again, baby. It's been too long. Yes, there we go. Uh, all right. Well, looking forward to uh, to another good week of uh, fantasy hockey. And uh, let's get to cap or no cap now, fellas. You're now listening to cap or no cap right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. No cap. This shit busting. Uh, the three questions that I've got for you guys are uh, there's a theme here, and it is uh, the Western Canadian teams in the NHL. So here we go. Let's start with the first one. Uh, cap or no cap, the Vancouver Canucks will be the first team to make some big moves ahead of the trade deadline on March 21st. Case? Uh, how do I phrase this? No, no cap. They're 100% going to be making a ton of moves here um, and not in the way that I think we all expected. We thought that maybe this team was looking to try to push for playoffs and, you know, make some meaningful hockey late in the season. But it sounds like they're going to be clearing out the cupboards here. New GM and looking for a new core. Uh, they're going to stick around with, obviously, the the, the main guys and Pedersen Horvat. That's the untouchables. But they're looking to move on guys like Miller and Garland and, well, any other forward who's not named Pedersen and Horvat. So I know that they are going to be making a ton of moves and they're just going to be getting picked apart in the media of who's tied to Vancouver and all these deals. I know I've already heard that the Devils are interested in Connor Garland. So uh, a lot of good guys there, but they do have to they have to pick a direction. They're at that stage where it's like they're on an in-between and they have to figure it out. And I think the new GM is looking for new guys to to kind of maybe take a step back uh finish off the rebuild properly and then play some meaningful hockey in the next two years but you know you've heard things like how jt miller has had he's been butting heads with some of the young guys in the dressing room him along with a couple other guys um were not happy with the way the young guys were were in the dressing room or like their mentality with the hockey so you know it sounds like he's going to be one of the guys on, on his way out and for my fantasy team that's maybe a good thing maybe that means he's going to a better hockey team and he'll put up even more points but maybe that means he's going to be sheltered yeah. so who knows but yeah i think they're going to make some big moves 
case, uh, before I answer, I just want to say that I've had the same kind of feelings about JT Miller going to a new team because I have him in, in my other league, as you know, and obviously he's an absolute dynamo in fantasy. I think he's like consistently top 10 ranked. He's phenomenal. So I'm thinking to myself, like, would it be good if he went to a contender and played, you know, again, top line minutes and and whatever? Would that be good for fantasy or would it be bad because then the the it's being divvied up like the points are being divvied up more like say he goes to like a Boston or something you know which like of course it would be Boston and then they beat the Leafs in the first round or something but if he goes to Boston like the points are just shared more because yeah he'll be on PP2 yeah mine too it's like yeah for that reason I'm a little worried you know there's other there's other ways to look at it for sure like yeah he'll he'll have more guys passing the puck and however you want to skin it like it's it's going to make an impact on our teams. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, so I'll answer this one, Harp, and I'll say cap. I don't think the Canucks will be the next Western Canadian team to make a deal. I believe that's ahead of the deadline. I believe that's what the cap or no cap question was. Um, because I think it's going to be the Edmonton Oilers. We've already seen the Oilers make a big splash in signing Evander Kane, which, by the way, fantasy implications are unbelievable he got me six points in his first game and he finished 23rd in the league last year according to our fantasy stats so i got him for free let's go um but yeah i think the next thing for the oilers is going to be a goalie and i think they do it before vancouver tries to sell anyone because i think the need is there for the oilers more so than it is for vancouver because of course vancouver if they're going to decide this they they want to sell and and get some some value back for for their assets but i think the more pressing pressing issue is for the oilers because they can't miss the playoffs it's not an option for them they no. need to 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 bulk up at the deadline so i think they they just have a pressing need and obviously it's defense and goalies goaltending is the number one so i think that's what they do so i think they're the next canadian team to make a big move yeah well and and honestly the the question was just in general that like the vancouver canucks out of all the teams in the league will be will be the first to to make the big moves and and um you know patrick alvin comes in as as the gm and he'll be working with with jimmy rutherford and like case as you mentioned they're in a tough spot like to to be up against it with the cap and to not be a playoff team is not a good position to be in and unfortunately you know the the canucks would love to sit there and say okay like we're going to trade out guys like myers and poolman and and dickinson and guys like that but unfortunately they have to send out players that they like uh like jt miller and connor garland and those guys because uh there should be some pretty good value in return and just going back to jt miller uh, the New York Rangers seem to be the team that we're hearing a lot about. Uh, he has been there before as a, as a potential suitor for him. Uh, so anyways, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what Vancouver does here in, in the coming weeks, because I think we're about six weeks away from the deadline. So well, um, for me, for me, Vancouver, sorry, before we move on from this one, for me, Vancouver yep. is two years away from being in an Edmonton Oilers situation where <laughs> We've been waiting for them to be good. We've been waiting for them to be good. And now they're going to start ruining the best years of their best players. Their Pedersen, their Hughes, Besser, 
Horvat, whoever else you want to throw in there, they're going to start wasting the prime years of these guys if they don't turn it around right now. And I think that starts by taking a step back, honestly, with Vancouver. It's a little different than Edmonton. Edmonton needs to take the step forward now. Vancouver needs to take one step back. So in two years, they're better than Edmonton. So agreed. It's got to be something and it's got to be now. And yeah. That's it. Yeah. You mentioned Besser there. And quickly before we move on, uh, a decision will have to be made on him because his qualifying offer alone will be seven point five million dollars. So, um, yeah, he's another guy they're going to have to make a decision on. All right, guys, let's move on to uh, the Edmonton Oilers, a team that we mentioned a few times there. Uh, so Evander Kane, of course, uh, gets signed, gets his first goal and their win over the Habs on the weekend. So cap or no cap, Evander Kane will end up being a long-term fit for the Edmonton Oilers. Chad? I'm going to say no cap. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense for this team. I mean, there weren't a ton of teams who were actually willing to pull the trigger and get a deal done with Evander Kane, but the Oilers were one of them, uh, and and they seemingly have no regrets at this point. He fits in perfectly in that lineup, doesn't he? Because... What does this team need? They need depth scoring. Evander Kane is a guy who can score 30 goals if he's next to, you know, McDavid or Dreisaitl or if he's playing in a depth role and he can give you power play minutes. He can bring some physicality. And I think the Oilers, it just makes sense. They don't really have a lot uh, else up front aside from obviously the big two. You know, they've got Hyman and he's been fine. Uh, and they've got some other guys like Pugliarvi and Yamamoto and whatever. And again, they've been fine, but frankly, disappointing as a, as a group. So I think it makes sense for Kane to stay there long term if they can reach a deal, because that's another thing. Like, what is that going to look like? What is his next deal going to look like? I have no idea. We'll have to see how he plays this year, but I can't imagine it being that expensive right so i think it makes yep. total sense long term oh this one i'm i'm torn on this one because for all the reasons why chad just just mentioned for the player for the player type for how he can play on the ice i want to say no cop he's going to be there for a long time it's a perfect fit but then when you think about his history and and what we've seen from him so far and then negotiations those are totally different things on how that could work out like when i look at negotiations edmonton's just going to be banging the drum of his history they're going to be constantly bringing that up and he's not going to get the money that he's looking for especially to get himself out of debt and i think that the way he's going to get the most money is on the open market again so that that part scares me but i you know, Ken Holland said he believes in second chances. I guess he also believes in seventh chances because that's how many he's on now. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and give him an eighth chance and say, uh, no cap, this is his, his fit. Just because of the way um, he can play with this team. He already made me put my foot in his mouth, my mouth on uh, Saturday when they won 7-2 with him in the lineup. He scored a goal. His interview was all about the team, you know, big group effort, just happy to get the two points, etc. So... It looks like maybe he's trying to, to fit in, do the right thing and, and score some goals. So I, I guess I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say he's a long term fit here. Perfect. Yeah, no, I, I just thought it was a good question to ask. And, and uh, you know, the the Oilers were 
kind of put in a tough position you know they they needed to do something the the losing has has gone on for a while and uh you know now they've won four straight and he gets a goal in his first game and so um it's early yet but it 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 is a, a legitimate question i think and the fact that they were able to get this guy for basically nothing it's it's a free player they didn't have to give up any assets and now uh, they can focus on some saved assets for a goaltender and a depth defenseman, like you mentioned there, Chad. So, uh, but just back to Evander Kane, I I think it could be a real possibility that he ends up with this team long term, and and uh, and I'm glad you guys agree as well. Yeah, uh, all right, he's on pace for like high thirty goals now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, let's move on to our final cap or no cap question for this episode. And uh, Johnny Goudreau, he will get some vote or some uh, votes. Excuse me. Can't talk tonight. Uh, he will get some votes for the Hart Trophy this season. Uh, Goudreau put up 19 points in the month of January, a very good month for him, including his overtime winner against the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night, which was, by the way, Chad, Jacob Markstrom's seventh shutout of the season uh so anyway Goudreau will get some heart trophy votes this season cap or no cap Casey all right I'm gonna put a little spin on this and I'm gonna say he won't get significant votes for the heart trophy <laughs> he might get you know a couple third and fourth placers but I guess for the sake of this question I'm gonna say cap uh I'm worried about this team I think that they're hot right now they're very hot right now Someone would almost say flaming. (laughs) But I think it's uh, only a matter of time that this team starts to crumble. And I think that that's going to have an effect on uh, Johnny Gaudreau Hart Trophy votes because it's all about making the playoffs and and really leading your team and being that that true catalyst. And um, I think if this team does make the playoffs, it's via a group effort. So I I don't think that that smells of Hart Trophy and... uh, but I will say he's certainly having a much better year than his last two years, definitely helping his uh, salary negotiations and, you know, ending the trade rumors, in my opinion. I, I think they want him to stick around now for sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say cap on the significant votes, but he'll get a couple third and fourth places. Yeah, I, I'm going to say cap for the same reason, Case. Uh, I don't think he'll get a significant amount of votes. Um, if we go back a few episodes ago, I made a very clear distinction for when I brought up Timo Meyer. I said he will get, uh, you know, not an insignificant amount of votes. And you can interpret that however you wish, but I just wanted to be specific. So I'll be equally specific for this one. Um, I don't think he will get a significant amount of votes uh, because there are just too many other good players in the league who I think are having incredible seasons. And uh, I I just don't think he's up there. So, yeah, I agree. He might receive some third and fourth place votes. But I just think of the players around the league who are doing even more individually for their teams. Um, and, and, you know, Timo Meyer is a guy who is, is a dark horse to, to think about that. But then there's, you know, there's the normal guys who are in there all the time. There's Dreisaitl, McDavid, there's Austin Matthews. There's also UC Soros, who is having an incredible year. Igor Shosturkin. Those are a couple, couple yeah. goalies to look out for. When you talk about team effect and like most valuable player of the team, you think about guys like Soros and then Kirill, Kaprizov, yep. um, Alex Ovechkin yep. on, on his team this year. He's 
I mean, I already put my future for him to, to win the Hart Trophy. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of guys out there that are making significant impacts to their team. And then, you know, Johnny's certainly having an incredible year and on pace to have a career year. But I think there's a lot going on on the Flames that, um, you know, there's Markstrom, there's Matthew Kachuk, five apples the other night. Like, there's a lot of guys really clicking for that team. And um, they're very hot right now, but I am worried about the future and the rest of the season for them. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about giving Johnny Gaudreau heart trophy votes right now. Yeah, and, and, and when I think about it too, like when I think about the Flames, Harp, you mentioned Markstrom right off the top, seventh and league leading shutout. You don't have to tell me that. I have him in fantasy. He's one of my goalies <laughs> and he's ridiculous. He's, he's one of the highest ranked goalies this year because he keeps getting so many damn shutouts and he's been phenomenal all year. But I also want, like, I, I immediately also think of Matthew Kachuk, who is another guy who's having an incredible year. Uh, Elias Lindholm had a really great start and propelled this team uh, to where they are as well. So they've had a lot of uh, pretty good seasons from a lot of guys. And, uh, you know, so so I don't think that heart makes sense for Gaudreau right now anyway. Great season. Yeah, though. and... Yeah, and obviously, like, um, you know, with uh, with that question, it was not that, uh, you know, he would get significant votes, right. but just uh, that, you know, the the Hart Trophy weight, uh, race is is kind of, uh, it, it's a little bit wide open right now. And another name for me is Nazem Kadri of the, of the Colorado Avalanche, who's right. just had an outstanding season. And um, so, yeah, anyway, great month of January. He's been great, but uh, good points by you both that uh, it certainly has been a group effort. And um, that's kind of the narrative with the Flames that last year it was it was a a good group that underachieved. And so will we see the same uh, thing this season? Um, Maybe. But uh, hopefully not. So anyway, uh, good, uh, good uh, feedback on on those guys. And uh, now moving on to uh, a great interview with Michael Landsberg, of course, uh, former TSN personality, the uh, the former host of uh, of his show mm-hmm. off the record for so many years on TSN and uh, also did uh, mornings on TSN 1050 um, and has founded the organization called Sick Not Weak, which is all around uh, getting help with uh, with mental health uh, struggles. And so uh, I was really, uh, really happy to get a chance to uh, talk to um, uh, someone this big uh, about mental health on Bell Let's Talk Day on Wednesday, which was uh, super successful, by the way, guys, over 160 million interactions, uh, which means that $8.2 million uh, from Bell gets donated to mental health programs in Canada. So uh, really looking forward to uh, playing this interview for our listeners, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome this next guest uh, to the show. Uh, He is a former personality with TSN and the founder of Sick Not Weak. Please welcome Mr. Michael Landsberg. Michael, how are you this morning? Harper, I am uh, I'm very well and very pleased to be with you. Thanks for giving me the chance to talk. No, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, and Michael, uh, first off, I just want to give you uh, my condolences to you and your family on, uh, on the passing of your father last week. 
Thank you. He uh, he was. Uh, if there's a reason for me to do what I what I do with mental health, uh, he would be as good a reason as any. My dad, uh, when he passed away, um, people have been reaching out to me, um, basically saying he was the nicest guy they ever met. He was an orthodontist, and everyone that came into his office loved him. Uh, so I feel blessed to have his memory to to drive me to do uh, good things. That is uh, that is so wonderful. And uh, so, Michael, when did you first kind of realize that, you know, you, you didn't feel good, that something just wasn't right? Yeah, there's uh, there's two things, Harper. When I was uh, my earliest memories were one uh, or are one of having anxiety, um, which is something totally different, uh, but actually um, related, but different than depression. Um, so we'll leave the anxiety part and and say that uh, I guess it was the first year we started off the record. So that was 1997. Yeah. Uh, after about nine months of doing that show, and it had nothing to do with the show. I'm just using that as a marker. I I uh, I turned down an offer to do something that I thought afterwards, wow, why did I do that? Uh-huh. This is the kind of thing that I would jump at. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, I didn't do this and I didn't do that, and I remember canceling this, and I remember you know leaving this party early and we kind of went through it I went through it all in my head and evaluated it and I said oh my gosh I didn't know because it happened so slowly but there is something really wrong with me it was like I had been replaced by a different person that I was not the same person I was and I knew what it was I knew it was depression and that's for me kind of how the process of, uh, of trying to get help began but the lesson from that is that you can be suffering you can be battling an illness and not know you have it because it right. changes you so slowly you don't notice the changes uh, so, Michael, the other day, a, a young man uh, posted a video on, on Twitter talking about just how he, he feels so alone and, and he was crying. And mm-hmm. you get, you gave him some really great advice. Can you share with us what you said to this young man? <laughs> I think he may have to share it. I mean, I remember, uh, I know uh, he's a huge wrestling fan and a, a lovely, uh, lovely young man who, who battles, you know, serious depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he finds it very difficult to have people that he can uh, talk to because it, even though you can be surrounded by a million people, I mean, you can literally be, you could say, I work at a place where I'm one of a hundred people and we are all in a big room together and we're there all the time. That can still leave you feeling incredibly lonely. It's yeah. not how many people are around us. It's how many people understand us. One person who can say, I get it. I know what this feels like is incredibly powerful. And that's why we created Sick Not Weak to some extent, um, was for people to have a community of others that understand them. Yes, and, and I want to get into Sick Not Weak. So uh, you, you uh, mentioned it uh, for a second there. Let's get more in, into that. Tell us more about Sick Not Weak. Uh, it's 2022. Not that that's a breaking news story. It's just in for Michael Landsberg, veteran broadcaster. It's 2022. <laughs> it's, it's 2022, and the stigma still exists. And whether it's less now, uh, whether it's a lot less now, I don't know. I mean, that's not for somebody um, like me who only meets it. It's not like I do surveys, but it's still a problem. 
And to me, the, the issue, the creation of the stigma is based on the idea that a mental illness like depression is not a, an illness like, like others, like, like anything that you can think of. Those are physical illnesses yeah. that all of us think, okay, well, not his fault, not his fault that he has heart disease, not his fault that he has prostate cancer. Those things just happen to us. But people don't see mental illness that way. For instance, depression. They think, well, you know, like I heard Landsberg talking, uh, you know, in, in, in the morning on the radio station, and he was talking about depression. And, well, you know, maybe he's just got to start to look around and appreciate he's got pretty good you know and start thinking of all the good things and and while it sounds ludicrous to say that that's how we think and that's how i thought before i got hit by depression i had no idea what it was none i thought it was just sadness well you mentioned my dad my dad died last friday that makes me really sad but it does not make me depressed so uh, you can visit uh, sicknotweek.com, of course, for, for more information. Check out everything that's there. And, uh, Michael, uh, just thank you so much for this. Thank you for being such a, a presence when it comes to mental health and uh, being someone that, that you can talk to and being so open about the struggles with, uh, with mental health and depression. So, again, uh, sir, thank you so much for joining us on Bell Let's Talk Day. Hey, this was awesome. Thanks and good questions, man. Good job. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.